Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. All right. It is Friday. It's Friday, March the 18th, 2022. And it is Friday for the Friday Financial Wrap-Up with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for doing this. It's always a good time to look back at the week and get out of the daily grind and go, wow, what an amazing week. So yeah, it's been fun. It has been fun. And I love just the summary of what's going on week by week. It's it's very digestible and it's just easy to kind of know where are we in an economic cycle. So let's get right into it. So the Fed, we talked about it last week and the Fed made a move this week. What, what are your thoughts about the Fed this week? Yeah, a couple of things I think is really interesting because we've been doing these Friday conversations, I think, for more than a year. So, folks, Ty, if you're on my YouTube channel, One Rental at a Time, Ty has a playlist. Just I think it's just called Ty, T-Y. You go back and listen, and you will see we started talking about the Fed increasing rates in March way back in September. So we've been talking about this for six months, and it happened. So kudos to Ty and I for calling it. Uh, in addition to that, uh, about, about 90 days ago or so, uh, I put it out there that I thought the first rate move was going to be a half, 50 basis points. Uh, as soon as um, you know, Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, the prevailing thought was that they were going to use that as an excuse uh, to do a quarter instead of a half. I have long since felt that half was the right move, and I kept saying it over and over and over again, knowing full well that they were going to chicken out and do a quarter. So um, kind of happened as expected. Uh, what has happened since then? Just 24 hours later, uh, we've had two Fed presidents, uh, J- James Bullard, who was the only Fed president to dissent from the quarter point. He wanted a half. He came out and said, rates, the Fed funds rate needs to be 3% by the end of the year. If you're in the real estate business, you're in the mortgage business, you're a real estate investor, that should send shivers down your spine. Because if the Fed funds rate is 3% in December, just if, it probably means the two-year is 5%, maybe five and a quarter. The 30-year mortgage is probably six and a half or seven owner AUK, and probably seven and a half or eight investor. Think about that, right? So wow. it's uh, it's food for thought. So um Again, man, dude, I put out that 50-year spreadsheet. We've talked about it a bunch. The people that won the 1970s were anybody who bought real estate in 70 or 71 before inflation took off, before interest rates spiked. Because again, 30-year fixed rate debt, inflation is your friend, right? I have a shirt that says inflation makes me rich. Ask me how. You know, get it's just everything we talk about is happening right now. It's it's fun to be right, I guess. Yeah. It- it's so good to know what's going to happen and kind of see this as things are unfolding. One of the beautiful things I love with you, Michael, is it's okay. Something's happening right now in the economy, the fed interest rates, the 10 year uh, wall street, whatever it is. And then you're looking at it from the perspective of what does this mean 
to Main Street, the yeah. middle class, to investors, real estate investors specifically. So, yeah, I put out a meme. If you follow me on Instagram yesterday, I still think I put it on my Facebook page. That was really telling. It was basically four people were in the meme, four pictures. One is a dad playing with a young child on the side of a pool, right? Dad's in the water, kid is on the side. So um, the Fed is the, the dad in this example. In Wall Street is the kid jumping in, right? The Fed is taking care of Wall Street. Off to the side of dad, you have another child who's drowning, you know, struggling, right? Head's just above water. And that is businesses. And then in the final frame, you have the middle class. Let's just say they didn't make it. That's what the Fed did. The Fed took care of Wall Street, not Main Street. And um, I, was, I was very disappointed. I went on a 10-minute rant yesterday about how disappointed I was in the Fed because uh, they, they blew it. They just blew it. Interesting times for sure. So let's continue. Mm -hmm. What happened with retail sales this week? Got another one right. Got another one right. Retail sales uh, are down and retailers are going to be a problem going forward. Uh, we were kind of confused because January retail sales were strong. Uh, lo and behold, uh, there's an accounting shenanigan trick unbeknownst to most people. When you give your friend, your family, your daughter, your husband, your wife, a gift card for Christmas, that doesn't count as retail sales. It only counts as retail sales when they go into the store in January and use that gift card. So what we saw is an artificial bump in January from gift card usage. Retail sales were down. We have, uh, we've bought enough stuff. Retail sales were down like 3.5% for stuff. Retail sales were up for gas, right? Retail sales are not inflation adjusted. It doesn't say we bought more gallons of gas. It says we spent more on gas. Because again, gas is up like 35% or 41% or whatever it is. So again, it artificially looks good, but that's not a good reason for retail sales to be up. So in the end, uh, I believe uh, the consumer is far less strong than the media wants us to think. And uh, retail sales, again, once again, proved I was right that retail sales disappointed, just like I called for it about six weeks ago. Very interesting. Very interesting times. And again, I love that you've you're right on point. So let's let's go to the next topic, which is home sales, which, of course, for real estate, right? We're a real estate audience. We're all interested in real estate, whether that's owning a home, buying a home, the home you live in, or buying more, adding to your portfolio. Mm -hmm. What did you see this week with home sales? I got another one. Got another one, right? I've been telling you, uh, again, I have to speak nationally, right? I have a national audience, frankly, a worldwide audience now. So I've been telling you a housing slowdown is coming. And a housing slowdown always starts on the demand side. Again, we have enough inventory. It's just being consumed at record levels, right? The average day on market, even today, is 18 days. That is stupid fast. It's just stupid fast. Uh, but what we saw today is uh, sales were down 7.2% month on month. We sold 7.2% less homes in February than January. Uh, we are now seeing, as of Wednesday, I mean, this is like shocking news, again, that I was right. I'm having more real estate agents, more brokers come to me and say, Michael, you're right. I'm having mom and pop buyers, first time buyers, investors go, I give up. I'm not buying. Gas is too expensive. Uh, houses too much. Interest rates. There are people who have been looking for two, three, four months, finally got a deal, went back to their mortgage broker and the mortgage broker had to tell them, 
unfortunately, rates are up a point and a half. A point and a half. Wow. That changes the equation. So again, real estate sales are going to slow down. Mortgage brokers are going to slow down. I've been telling you this. You can go back and look at Ty's playlist. I've been telling you this is coming. It is starting right now. Now, some of you in California will be telling me, you're wrong. It's not happening in my market. Okay, fine. Just wait. It's coming. Uh, markets do not all act the same. I'm giving you national statistics that you can't argue with. It will come to your market. Uh, may not be there yet, but it's, uh, it's around the corner. Uh, so you can either ignore what's about to happen or get ready for it. So very interesting times. It's interesting too, that as I'm looking at rates, interest rates, I mean, it's crazy. Everything I feel like it was, feels like a week ago. It could have been six weeks ago, three weeks ago. It felt like everything had a three in front of it. And now everything has a four in front of it. And so dude, if you're an investor, it has a five in front of it. Yep. If you're borrowing money from institutions, um, you better pay attention. Um, with that said, we're going to talk about stagflation and inflation. Mm -hmm. And then, Michael, I want to finish with, I think the, a great way to recap this is talk about what does this mean to the investor? It's a good day to do a great deal. We need to finish strong so that people really understand. If you're an investor watching this, what is what does this really mean to you? So let's go back to stagflation versus inflation. What mm -hmm. is stagflation? Yeah, so stagflation, again, from an economic definition, is basically high inflation and low growth. So let's, let's put some context around. Think about GDP growing at 1%, below trend, 0 0.8, 1%, something really low. The key is not negative, right? So still a positive number. In an environment where inflation is north of 6%, that is stagflation. It is a era that we have not seen since the 1970s. It is technically defined as icky. It's just yucky. Everything costs more. It's no fun. You're not growing. You, it's just, it's just, it's it's not what you want. In fact, it's 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 probably one of the worst fears for the Federal Reserve. A recession is when you have negative GDP growth. So again, stagflation, you have very marginal positive growth. Recession is where GDP goes negative. I believe we are already in an environment of stagflation. I believe with given the Fed's weak ass attack at inflation, we are gonna be in this for 12 to 18 months. At some point, my belief is Jerome Powell is going to be fired for being inept. And then we are going to get Paul Volcker 2.0, who's going to come out guns blazing, jack up the Fed funds rate, and cause a recession. That's what my crystal ball looks like, 18, 24, 30 months out. It is as broken as your crystal ball, but that's what I see. And I think we need a, I think we need a recession to get out of this crazy 11 12% inflationary environment. The Fed is a year late. The Fed has printed too much money. And unfortunately, uh, the bill has come due, and it's come due with interest, and it's going to hurt. Interesting times, interesting times. So you let, let's talk about the recession. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that um, another friend, I'm going to bring him onto the show, or maybe we'll do something special for the foundation builders 
a friend of mine, Alex Lear, he's a part of Tony Robbins um, finance. Excuse me. He's a part of Platinum Partnership, a mastermind, a high level mastermind. They had a financial summit uh, just recently, about two, three weeks ago. And uh, lots of billionaires, lots of Wall Street, lots of Mm. different people worldwide Mm. with with very similar opinions. Everybody agrees that a recession is coming. What is your thoughts on timing? Are we in a are we going to be in a recession by the fall, by the end of the year, the first of the year? Or do you think it maybe we kick the can down the road a little bit more into next year or the year after? Yeah. So a recession, just so people understand the definition, typically are only called in hindsight. uh, And there are two negative quarters of GDP. I believe right now with the data I have at my fingertips, our first negative GDP will be Q4, followed by Q1. So I believe it starts at the end of this year. But again, people won't call it probably till April or May of next year. But I do believe Q4 is a negative GDP. Interesting. And so that almost puts us into about a year from now, right? So if you say April, May, they're calling it. Okay. All right. Very good. So let's pull everything together because Mm -hmm. if you don't know or you're new and these are new terms and new language and new conversations, what does this mean to, and I'm going to ask you a couple of different ways, the brand new investor, it's a young person, it's an older person. They just started getting into financial literacy. They just read the book, One Rental at a Time, or they just read the second book, Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. They're learning and they have not bought their first deal or maybe yep. even they're renting right now. Yep. What is your thought process for them? How do they, na- how do they navigate the waters yeah. this year and looking for their home or a house hack or mm-hmm. their first deal? What are your thoughts for them? What I would tell that new person today is kind of congratulations. Um, what you need to be doing for the next six months is learning your market right? You know, you're in my course, you're in my, my Facebook group. That's where it all starts. And what you're going to be doing today is you're going to be operating in an environment that's changing, right? You're going to see during your three to six months of education, your buy box will expand. You'll see price reductions. You're going to see things that if you started a year ago, you've never seen, right? A year ago, student, it was rough. No inventory, everything sold in seven seconds. It was crazy. If you start right now doing your homework, you're going to be in an amazing position come summertime, right? It is like the perfect time to get started because you're not going to make any commitments. The market's changing, but you're going to be learning. Uh, what I would tell that person is to buy the course, start doing the work, read the book, read both books. It's, it's, I, I'm really excited for anybody starting today. I love it. Okay. Now let's go to the next level and I'll kind of bundle these into, sure. into one. It's somebody who's having success. They could be newer. They could be seasoned. They could have a handful of rentals. They could have a nice chunky portfolio of rentals. They're flipping properties. Uh, Maybe every now and then they're doing some deals that are on thinner margins, Mm -hmm. meaning that, you know, but they're able to move quick because they got good crews and good, you know, Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. So they're able to get in and out of deals pretty quickly. What do you say to that seasoned investor in terms of navigating these waters Yeah. So if you're a buy and hold investor, that's how I'll break it down, right? If you're a buy and hold investor, again, what I want to tell you is congratulations, because what has been the hardest thing to find the last year? It was a motivated seller. Frankly, your only option was off market. If it once it went on market, no chance for motivation. If you found some off market, which I did, I found six great deals. Awesome. But that's not for most people, right? Mike Zuber, when he was doing his portfolio, only had the MLS. 
And it was rough. The last year, would have, I would have gotten zero deals if I only relied on the MLS. Why I'm saying I'm excited is I believe with what's transpiring right now, what we just talked about sales going down, is the motivated seller is going to start to bubble up in the MLS, right? Uh, you're going to start to find people that have to sell, death, divorce, job transfer, burned out landlord. And as rates go up, less and less people, less owner rocks are going to come to buy. So uh, I'm personally excited about getting a MLS-based deal done this year. Uh, it will. I did one in 2020, early, like March of 2020. That was the last MLS-based deal I did. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing one of those. And I think anybody who's got more than a couple of years understands the market. I think all of us are finally going to find some motivated sellers in the MLS. And I look forward to that. If you're mainly a, if you're mainly a flipper, wholesaler, right? I mean, let's do flippers. What my caution is, uh, I don't think I would step into a net new deal that's two or three X the median. If you're doing three X the median today, like starting, which means you're not out till next year, run the numbers again, because you're probably selling in an environment where 30 year money, because again, you're buyer, you're in buyer. If you're flipping most of the time as a homeowner, you're going to be flipping into an environment where the 30 year mortgage could be six and a half percent. Do the math. And you're probably not going to get what you expect to get. It's just, it's, we are, we are operating in a sea change. The Fed in their weak ass move yesterday was a quarter or Wednesday was a quarter point, but they've clearly signaled there are six more coming. And James Bullard came out today and said, the rate's got to be 3% by the end of the year. And now I don't think it gets to three, but damn, if it gets to two and a half, the world you're flipping into is going to be different. So be careful. Be careful. I love that. I think that's so spot on. I would say I would completely agree. No thin deals, you know, the thinner deals where you think you're going to have an eight to 10% margin, any kind of little hiccup could, could kill your deal, ruin your profit and or lose your money. The other thing is to echo what Michael said, no long extended six month, nine month rehabs, 12 month rehabs, because you just have no idea what the economy, what interest rates, what the the conditions of the market will be in terms of your resale. So buy and hold, get excited. Lots of creative seller financing deals, sub two deals I think are coming. I think they're going to be real strong as we go into the end of the year. And then Amen. especially for next year. And, and Michael said it, bet. it's interesting, Michael, I'm working on my first MLS deal, an offer that I'm working on with another awesome. student. Yeah. And it was something that um, he brought to me in the Sacramento region I don't know if it's going to come together or not, but, but it's, it's, when's the last time you worked on an MLS-based deal? A forever. year at least, right? Exactly. They're forever. coming. This is awesome. I love it. I love it. So, so excited. Michael, thank you for all that you share, for all that you do, all the extra work you put in. Folks, buy the book, get involved in the course. You can find out more information about his course. I'm a member of his course. I love his course. Everyone I know that's in the course loves the course. You're going to learn so much. And, and not only that, but the deep details, right? Everybody tells you the easy stuff. He goes into the deep details to sustain and win, especially in a changing environment. You can go to onerentalatatime.com. Michael, thank you for all that you do. Have a great weekend, brother. Thank you. You too. You got it.